You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. We've got Bush. Fuck, do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bang bus think they're a good deal. My dick is small. This week on Drunk Wrestling History, neither I, your designated host Adam, or Eddie or Scott, your drunk wrestling historians, are having a drink, because this is a very special episode. Not due to sobriety, but due to positivity, or fungal fever, or mange. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Scott and I are both sick, and neither of us are. Um, well, I'm able to drink, but Scott's not. No, my medication won't allow me to. Right, right. You have fungal fever. I have fungal fever. I got fungal fever. <laughs> I got fungal fever. Which is some strange lung disease out in your part of the state? Yeah, apparently it's very specific to the Central Valley. It's, I guess, when birds shit in the soil and you just go outside and breathe. It completely just strikes at random. I don't know for sure that it is that yet. I haven't gotten the test results back yet, but my doctor seems fairly certain that that's what it is. So <laughs> go ahead and have a good laugh. I'm on a yeast infection medication. <laughs> you I take, didn't tell me that. Yeah, I take three pills a day and literally on the front of the box, it says take orally for your yeast infection. And I'm like, well, I guess my hmm. vagina's taken care of now too. And <laughs> I'm not gonna have any problems oh, down there. Won't have any problems downstairs. Let me get rid of that smell. Uh, so yeah, I'm taking three pills every day for this fungal fever. Good times. All right. It's, and I well, can't drink because of this shit. Yeah, that's, I was gonna drink tonight, so I have fucking COVID. Um, right. But, but I feel pretty good. I'm just still positive, but I feel good and I could definitely drink tonight. Um, but I would, and I was going to, but then you told me you couldn't drink and I was like, well, shit, then I just won't drink either and we'll have a very special episode. Yes. It's like, uh, um. It's now called it's wrestling like, history. Right, it's just it's just wrestling history. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a special like um, you know, like in the 90s how sitcoms would do a very special episode like a a special episode of Blossom where one of them gets an STD. <laughs> right. Or Joe got pregnant hey, on Facts hey, of Life. Hey, hey Joey, you got an STD. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joey deals with syphilis this time around. Syphilis? Whoa. <laughs> so that's where we are nobody's drinking um but we're still gonna do an episode but and um but i guess if the episode at least scott has a manscaped vagina now yeah yeah that's true that's true it is killing the odor for sure so (laughs) i was just wondering like to combat this like do i need to shit in the soil to to Offset uh, what the birds are doing. What the birds? Yeah. <laughs> you could probably just do it right on a Scott's floor. I, mean, I think you could just bypass the middleman. He's just got to inhale a bit of it. Yeah, I'll inhale a bit. Maybe that'll be the secret elixir that gets rid of this shit. But then the downside is uh, you got to inhale what the carpet cleaners uh, set off in the house. And that's <laughs> that's just that just turns into a vicious cycle. Isn't that horrible? I pay a fucking mint to live in California, dude. And all I get was a stupid fungal fever. Bird shit flu. Bird shit flu. Right. I went outside and breathed. (laughs) Fuck me. Right. What's that smell? (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you live in the cheap part of the state. Yeah, cheaper. I mean, not Fresno. Not Fresno cheap, but cheap. I mean, come on. Er. Right. I mean, I'm I'm not slumming it or anything. Come on. (laughs) Fresno. (laughs) To our listeners in Fresno, uh, we're just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, we're just kidding. Yeah. Also totally. Bakersfield. Bakersfield. <laughs> yeah. We love we love Bakersfield Vesalia, too. Vesalia, Modesto, shout out to all of you. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. We love you all, really. 
So yeah, anyway, we do have an episode. Um, it's just, yeah. Um, if it's not any good, I guess it always, I guess it was the booze all along that made us uh, fun to listen to. Yeah, this is already way less fun than record, like recording on normal time, you know? Well, no, I know. So I know. not yeah, only no, is this an episode, like, this is an experiment. This is a test. Yeah, I already can't stand you guys. I need a drink. <laughs> fucking sucks i would be i would be like on my third drink right now dude i'd be i would have a beer and i probably would have had like two shots uh, yeah I'd, I'd be one beer down working on the yeah. second yeah well anyway before we get into the episode i have a few um notes um that i want to go through um quickly uh the first one and there's music for this one um the first one is our buddy ethan got engaged Congratulations, Congrats. Yep. Congratulations to him. It was a few weeks ago, but we haven't recorded in like three or four weeks. It's so a minute, it took a yeah. while. Yeah, it's been a minute. I think Valentine's Day was the last time we recorded or something. I don't know. Um, so, uh, yeah, congratulations to him. That's like the third or fourth of, of our listeners to get engaged. Rule He's had quite a, quite a last year or so because we got him written up at work. Yeah, um, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, because you yelled buy a fucking shirt over the <laughs> store intercom. And look, for the record, I just want to point out that Ethan bought a hoodie. And look what happened. The dude got engaged. I'm just That's saying, true. now it's he has the magic to, of buying. Now he has to get there back on that microphone and yell, hey, I'm engaged. <laughs> <laughs> Let everybody know. Rub it in. Congratulations, exactly. man. Speaking of buying hoodies, uh, Logan the Ginger bought a shirt. And I don't remember dude. if I mentioned that before. I don't think I did, but I might have. Thank you, Logan. I think the last one was he got a, he got a shirt, but now he's loading up. He's got a hoodie. Thank you, dude. Uh, no, 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 Logan shirt, not a hoodie. Um, so maybe I read these notes before. <laughs> oh, it's worth repeating. It's maybe you're already congratulated. The people you. that are buying our merch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you want your name on here, uh, read by a bunch of drunks, uh, buy a fucking shirt. Exactly. Buy a fucking shirt. FFS. Yep. The other one really quickly, Adam, I owe you an apology. And um, I figured I'd just do it on here because it was about the Valentine's Day episode. And uh, the listeners didn't hear any of this, but before the Valentine's Day episode, there was a controversy about how to do the show, whether we were supposed to answer the questions secretly on the show with the wife's out of the room. And you were saying that's the way it's done on the TV show. And I was saying it wasn't. And you and I kind of were, I was kind of being a dick. I didn't mean to be, well, like, but I was like, yeah. I was, well, I wasn't, I wasn't that drunk yet, but I was like, you got kind of pissy with me. And I was like, oh, I think I pissed him off. I was like, I've never seen Adam mad before. And I was like, I think I'm being kind of a dick about this. Cause I was being sort of like snide. You? Uh, That's not like you. Eddie. No, I know. And I was like, I swear to God that they didn't do that on the show, the way you're describing it. And then I went and watched an episode a couple days later, and they totally did. You were totally right. So I don't know if I watched an episode that had been edited goofy, like a shortened version, or if I just was fucked up, but uh, you were totally right. Uh, apology accepted. You were drunk, and uh, the yeah, it, it was weird uh, going into that episode. Uh, weird atmosphere, but we pushed through it yeah. like a team, and... Uh, and we got out uh, our WrestleMania episode of the season for, there you go. for Drunk yeah. Wrestling History. So, And I got some good feedback on it. People liked it. Right. Oh, good. Very classy, Adam. And that's Have all I've got. And now for the unclassy part, you fucking idiot. No, I'm playing. <laughs> 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 no, it, 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 it's all good. <laughs> all right. Uh, this episode is a tribute to whether he was leaping into our lives or filling it with poetic beauty. This episode is our tribute to Lenny Poffel. Yeah, Lanny died. Was it the end of January? It was just it was a few weeks ago. Originally, actually, when I was reading my notes, I had him. I was just going to, you know, uh, do a tribute to him in an episode. Then I thought, why not just give him a whole episode? Like in the notes I just read at the bottom, it said Lanny Poffo because that was that was to remind me to mention him. But then we thought about it and we were like, he's kind of a big enough. He was never a huge, huge star. Right. But he was memorable enough and had, you know, had a pretty good career. And we thought, why not? Why not give Lanny Poffo an episode? And he had one of the greatest gimmicks in history. He really did. And if you have a win over Hogan, I think you deserve an episode. That's actually a really good way to look at it. I wasn't really huh. thinking about that, but you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That That's makes, saying something. <laughs> I think you're too, well, you know what? We should make that like a new criteria for guys that do get, a, get their own episode. <laughs> if you pass away, you'll get your own episode if you beat Hogan. Yeah, right. <laughs> Extra points if it was in the 80s. Extra points yeah. to Lanny Poffo. 
<laughs> so yeah, he had a really good like a I, like I said, he'd never superstar career. He was never like a household name. If you didn't watch right. wrestling, you would know you would have no fucking idea who Lanny Papa was. If you watched wrestling in the 80s and early 90s, you know exactly who he was because he was really just a memorable guy. Um, so I'll get into his before we get into his, you know, uh, genius gimmick and all that. Let's get into his background some. Um, he's born in Calgary, which I didn't realize. And I forgot to write down what year he was born, but he was 68 when he died. So someone could do the math. On it. Yeah. On it. 55, 1950. He would have been born in 1954. Same age as same age as my mom. Oh, there you go. Or the beginning of 55, anyway, 54. if you just had a birthday. Yeah, 54. De- ooh, yeah. late uh, December 28th, 1954. Okay. Okay, so he was born a couple, he was born like three months after my mom. Um, I assume most people who listen to this are, are smart fans, but if you're, uh, if you're not and you didn't know, he was Macho Man's brother. That was in the WWF, that was never acknowledged. They never they mentioned it. They never that. mentioned it. It was, do you remember when you found that out? Oh man. Um I would imagine the early 90s. Was that I probably in the magazines? Read it in one of Yeah, it would have been in one of the magazines. It was late 80s, early 90s, and okay. it was just mentioned in one of like Wrestling Eye or like Wrestling Insider or Pro Wrestling Illustrated, one of those that had just kind of off mentioned something about the genius and oh, by the way, he's Randy Savage's brother. I would imagine if it was in one of the magazines it would have been either after he was out of the company or like they had like I know PWI had like on again off again relationships with WWF, so it might have been when they were in an off again period. But you know there were I mean? so gonna... many wrestling magazines, dude. They don't they well, all didn't true. have a relationship, so they didn't give yeah, a shit true. if they pissed one of them off or not. Right, and it was probably yeah. not in Pro Wrestling Illustrated that I read it. It was probably one of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, one of the ones that you would get when your dad was looking at porn magazines. Exactly on the other mm-hmm. side of the magazine aisle. Uh, right. <laughs> right. The sticky side of the aisle, if you will. <laughs> we need a mop. All right. Uh, I want to I want to let you know when I found out it was during the run of this show. <laughs> so oh, really? Yeah. I, was, I would assume I would have guessed that. Yeah. So, OK, maybe indirectly before it, but officially uh, learning about Lenny Poffa. I think it was when we did the Royal Rumble one of those oh 92 because okay. uh, he managed that. the beverly brothers that that would make sense okay so way before this uh like for x amount of years uh we went to our trivia night in hayward and i first uh saw the picture of this because uh he was introduced by our resident batman and shout out to our resident batman nate who would thank you uh 80s music who would Nate would cream us at trivia because Nate is a fucking genius. And so his Facebook picture was apparently the genius. I thought, oh, I thought, oh, Nate's just uh, putting up his graduation photos. That's cool. Oh, that's more funny. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then uh, now X. He was a good looking dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, resi- um, graduate from Gonzaga. Shout out to Zags. Go Bulldogs. But uh, now we jump to when we do that episode. I'm like, wait a minute. That's a wrestler? I know that guy. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That's hilarious. So it, it was just, it was just uh, fun to go full circle that way. And then uh, actually after recording that, looking it up, the genius. Oh, oh, shit. He's Macho Man's brother. That's awesome. And so, yeah, that was just uh, my... Full circle intro to Lenny Poffo. Thank you, uh, Perfect Strangers Music. Very good. <laughs> but but Nate, uh, miss you. Hope you're doing well. Hopefully we'll run into you sometime soon. All right. Um, so he was Macho Man's brother. So for anybody who didn't know that there you go his dad was also angelo Papo, who was a famous wrestler in the 50s and 60s so they were um, officially a wrestling family they were a wrestling family yeah and you never hear about them in the wrestling families it's always the hearts and the guerreros but yeah. the Papos are never brought up because it was sort of from the wwe days on anyway it was kept under wraps it was yeah. never acknowledged also like um Poffo was a big deal, but he wasn't a huge, huge, I mean, I don't know. I guess Stu Hart was not the hugest deal either, other than in certain areas for a certain amount of time. Right. But, His kids definitely outshot that star. 
kind of they all did i mean eddie did you know even i mean even chavo is more famous than any of his you know uncles or anyone right well, not more famous than eddie but you know they're the two most famous of that family but that's just the way wrestling is i guess in general but um so we started wrestling he was a gymnast in high school which ended up influencing the way he worked in the ring later on yeah you could tell yeah he had a really interesting style um he started wrestling in 1974 in atlanta under his regular his real name lanny poffo the year i was born the year you were born oh my god (laughs) yeah right yeah he debuted the year i was born wow that's crazy i didn't even think about that Um, (laughs) 49 years ago and you guys thought um, this would be a bad episode this is just memory lane so far yeah right loving it (laughs) pretty much loving it um so he um he one of the biggest things he did in atlanta at the time was he had a tag match with his dad um against the royal kangaroos which i don't know why anybody thought the royal kangaroos i don't care where you're from that's not a good tag team name that's a horrible tag team name. no it's a stupid ass name almost as bad as the ding dongs almost yeah yeah the interns is pretty fucking bad too the interns is also bad I always thought that was a stupid ass one. Yeah. Um, they were a cool team though. Have you ever seen any of their old matches with uh, Ken Ramey as their manager? They're, they were actually pretty cool. Oh no, but, I've um, never seen a match of theirs. I just saw him mentioned uh, from one of the notes I took on Poffo that he and Randy Savage lost to them in a tag team tournament. I didn't even see that. When was that? Um. Oh gosh. Hold on. Let me look in my notes. I believe okay. that was in the CWA Continental Wrestling Association. Oh, okay. I didn't even see that uh, when I was reading about him. Um. He and his dad ended up going to Detroit as a heel team. They worked against Thez and Bobo Brazil. Um, his dad wore a graduation cap and gown, uh-huh. which um, Roy Shire had done 20 years earlier. I believe Shire was the first guy to do that. He did that around Indianapolis up in that area. Okay. Um, I assume Poffo was aware of that because they would have their careers would have overlapped by a good amount and t- and their area, you know, where they worked would have. Shire at this point was in San Francisco. Um, so gimmick infringement. Yeah, so I'm going to, I can't confirm that he stole the gimmick from Roy Shire, but I'm going to assume he did. Um, They ended up winning the tag team titles in Detroit. They took him to St. Louis, dropped him there, and went back to Detroit. And then he ended up, Terry, or I mean, Terry, Lanny went by himself to Amarillo, and he wrestled Terry Funk on wrestling at the Chase in uh, St. Louis, which I wonder if there's video of that. I didn't think to look it up on YouTube, but that might be on YouTube. Oh, maybe. So early on, he got to work with a lot of really good wrestlers, right? Because, I mean, just the names right there, you got, I mean, the Royal Kangaroos were a big deal, as dumb as the name is, but also Fez, Bobo Brazil, and his dad, and Terry right. Funk. Right. So, I mean, you know, he had a really good, um, I don't know if you want to call it training, but, you know, he had a lot of guys to learn from, like really good, you know, legends to work. I mean, those guys are all in the Hall of Fame, except the s- stupid kangaroos. Ooh, right, right. right? For good Terry's reasons, is, their is fucking ter- names. Is Terry in the Hall of Fame? He's in the Hall of Fame, right? I believe Terry Funk is in the Hall of Fame, yeah. Yeah, Bobo Brazil and Luthez both are too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then he goes to Mid-Atlantic and he teams with Macho Man as the Papo brothers. And I didn't even realize until I was researching this that Macho Man worked under his own name. Yeah. So you're around 1976 right here. Yeah. Yeah. Mid-70s. Yeah. 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 And then while he was there, he wrestled. He got a title shot against Harley. Wrestled him to a draw in 1978. To a draw? Dude. Yeah, so he did a he did a sixty minute match with Harley. Because it would have been deal. a sixty minute Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. If you go you're doing to a time minutes? limit draw with the champion, you're a big deal because obviously they want to go to the next card. The NWA did that with Barry Windham in the mid eighties and Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. They'd have Barry Windham and Flair go across the country doing sixty minute draws. And the idea yeah. was you're gonna sell out the next town because people think, Oh, he wrestled him to a draw, he's definitely gonna beat him on the next night. So that's a, they're investing in you. You're a big deal. You go the uh, time limit with the champion. Yeah. Or you're going to sell the same, or you're going to sell the same arena a month later, you know, because they would do that a lot in big arenas. I don't know which arena they did this in, but it was likely whatever the, um, it might've been the, whatever the building was in Charlotte. Because a lot of those bigger ones, they'd only run once a month. So yeah. you would set up your big rematch, your money match for that. So exactly, you're exactly right. That's to set up a rematch. Um, so that's huge. You know what I mean? To do totally. to do a draw with it, to not get smoked by Harley. Right. And more big know? names that he's wrestling too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, so after that, he went to work for Emile Dupree in um, Atlantic Grand Prix Pro Wrestling, which is like the goofiest 
name for a promotion yeah i always thought that was a weird one like whenever i when i first became aware of that years ago i was like really someone named a wrestling promotion that (laughs) um kind of like new japan you know it's like njpw it's just like a mouthful yeah yeah um but that was up in the canadian uh, maritimes and um he had his first match against macho man up there in nova scotia yep 78 yeah 78 uh short stop in portland this is a guy who moved around a lot then his dad starts ICW. Right. Which was an outlaw promotion out of Lexington. So for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, I assume most people listening to this understand the whole territory system, how the NWA ran everything and the promoters wouldn't run shows against each other. Um, on occasion, there were outlaw promotions. This was one of them that went into someone else's territory unaffiliated with the NWA. And normally they would those promoters would get guys from all over the, all over the country to come in and run big shows against the outlaws big show to run them out of town basically um that didn't happen uh icw stuck around for what was it six years oh yeah five or six years yep yeah stuck around about six years and um so he's running shows in nick Gulas and ron fuller's territories and he eventually went up into Vern's area and bruiser broder bruiser brody's area up in indiana so he was just like fuck it i'm gonna run shows wherever i fucking want yeah and he did okay he didn't do huge houses he never made a huge amount of money but he stayed in business you know worked for himself and made his sons the champions and made his sons a champion so yeah in typical promoter fashion he booked the territory around them like totally these guys are those guys are going to be my champs yep and And nobody else held the heavyweight title except for his kids except one other guy paul christie yeah yeah, that was the only other guy. Yeah, in That's six hilarious. years, in six years, three people held it, and yeah. two of them traded it back and forth. Right, <laughs> but they let one guy win it. Yeah, and I'm sure it was for like a that. minute. I yeah. couldn't find the dates on it, but I'm sure it was for like a minute. Yeah, probably somebody twisted their knee during the match and like, fuck it, call it. Yeah, and then dropped yeah, exactly. it at the next show. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, and. Um, Lanny split when the when the promotion folded. Macho was already gone. He took off a little bit before it folded um, to WWF. Once they went out of business, Macho Man got got Lanny a job there, and he debuted as Leaping Lanny Poffo in a tag team match. He teamed with Pedro Morales versus Barry O and J A Rizzo, and it was not acknowledged that he and Macho Man were brothers, as we mentioned earlier. Yep. And his gimmick was he would read a poem off of a Frisbee and toss it into the crowd. Yeah, he would talk shit about the heels that he was facing. Yeah. And then he'd huck a Frisbee into the... Is there anything more 80s than that? Keeping Whammo in business? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a Frisbee in general is is very 80s. Oh, dude, totally. I mean, it would have only been more 80s if he was like reading him off a hacky sax and kicked it into the crowd. <laughs> yeah. So doing 80s. it at the doing it at the lake. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like frisbees remind me of like 80s Mountain Dew commercials. Oh, totally, dude. Yeah, like jumping into the lake catching a frisbee. Hey, that's got Lanny's yeah, right. poem on it. <laughs> so I have audio of Lanny reading one of his poems. So for anyone who's never heard of uh, Lanny Poffo uh uh Lanny Poffo masterpiece. Here we go. We're in for a treat. I'm wrestling Mr. Wonderful, and he is looking great. He's handsome, tan, and muscular, but still can't get a date. (laughs) With Bobby Heenan at his side, he really thinks he's hot. But getting past the Hulkster takes a lot more than he's got. (laughs) And the Lenny... Scathing. Wow. Scathing scathing remarks from Lanny Poffo. Yeah. Who needs a promo when you've got poems? <laughs> Do you think and I'm sure Paul Orndorff uh killed him in about fifteen seconds after that. Yeah, exactly. It was a three minute yeah. match. Pile driver yeah. game over. Yeah, the match is not or uh I don't or maybe you know what? Maybe the match was on there. I turned the YouTube video off, but um yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but you know what's I'm funny, sure though? Like, every us. match Lanny had, he was always competitive in it. And maybe that mm-hmm. was because he was Randy's brother and Randy was such a big deal on the position on the card. But it seemed like he was always in the match. Like, you kind of knew if it was a bigger name like Paul Orndorff, for example. Lanny wasn't going to win, 
but he was always going to have a good showing and he'd always do something different. Like you mentioned, he was he was a gymnast in high school, so he was mm-hmm, doing things mm-hmm. like moonsaults and backflips and senton bombs and the announcers didn't know what the fuck to call it. You know, they're like, oh, the, that's a backflip. But he was doing shit before a lot of people, like before Great Muda was even doing that shit on US TV. Right, right. He was doing the moonsault before there was a word for it. Or before, exactly. Exa- like, exactly like you said, the announcers didn't even know. Gorilla Monsoon had never seen it before. He didn't know what to call it. He didn't know what to call it. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think part of why he would get more offense in as a jobber was because of that. Maybe like out of respect for Macho, Agreed, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Like, oh, it's your it's your brother. I'm not going to go out and, and beat his ass in ten seconds like I sh- like I would Barry Horowitz. Right. I'll let him get right. a little bit of st- uh, shit in. But I think it was also because he could do cool stuff. Yeah. You know, like let him shine a little bit, and that was probably the. Um, Patterson or whoever was booking the matches saying that too. let Lanny do a little bit of his stuff show off what he can do because it's cool the crowd likes it and you know like if the jobber can do some cool shit and you make a comeback from it that just makes you look better anyway right exactly so I I think you're absolutely right he definitely he was like a as Lanny as leaping Lanny he was a jobber but he was like a greater jobber yes you know he was was like like not mid card per se but like Maybe somewhere in the upper echelon of jobber and the lower mm-hmm. echelon of mid card, somewhere in there. Yeah, like um, there should be a word for that, like he's like a tweener, but not a tweener. You yeah, know what I mean? Right, yeah, you're right. right. He sort of wasn't like a bit of a yeah, like a purgatory type area. Yeah, like you know, if, like if he was facing Paul Orndorff, you knew he was going to lose. But if he was in the ring against Moondog Rex, okay. He- Lanny might actually win this. Exactly right. If you saw him against someone who's at the bottom of the card, maybe he could pull off a win. And he did yes. on house shows. He would win right. matches on house shows. Yeah. Because he had fans. I mean, he was cool. Um, he, you know, despite the poetry, people liked him. Despite <laughs> despite the poetry. That was my favorite part. Dude, you know, I used to work with a guy. Uh, his name is Patrick. And he big wrestling fan. And he actually had this big scrapbook he brought in from his 80s memories because he'd go to the Oakland and Cal or the Coliseum and Cal Palace shows all the time. Okay. He caught a Lanny Poffo Frisbee. And it had no the shit. Po- no right. shit, dude. Had the poem written on the inside and signed by Lanny Poffo. That's, That's fucking awesome, great. dude. Oh, it was so fucking great, dude. I think the Frisbee was orange. And okay. yeah, he had it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, holy shit, you caught one of these. And he's like, yeah, fucking it was in Oakland, dude. He threw it out and snatched it. I was like, holy shit, that's badass, dude. That's awesome, dude. I would love, I mean, when I was a kid, I would love to have caught one of those. But it's legit. I mean, like, you would think he was reading it off the thing, right? As a kid, mm-hmm. but now you're like, maybe he just had it memorized, like John Cena doing his raps or whatever. No, no, no. He right. had that shit written down and would huck it into the crowd. That was 100% he, legit. Well, he was like the rock writing his, writing his uh, promo down on his arm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He was the genius, but he wasn't that smart. <laughs> that's a that's a really good, enjoyable way to take your notes, actually. Like, yeah, if right. you're going to use notes, like, gift it to somebody. I should have cool. done my notes for this episode on a Frisbee. Oh, fuck. Way to think of <laughs> it I, during the show. I know, right? I'd have a Frisbee leaned up against my laptop right now. <laughs> so, um, as a jobber, he was involved in, in the best of my memory in two not huge angles, but two memorable angles. Okay. Uh, the first Saturday Night's main event. Not the first mm-hmm. Saturday, but the first of the memories. Uh, Saturday Night's main event, the Battle Royal. Andre had already turned on Hogan. Yeah. And he headbutts Lanny Poffo, tosses him out of the ring. The camera pans to Lanny, and he's a bloody fucking mess. And I think that was... I read that that was legit. Andre potatoed him oh, with his head. He did. He busted the bridge of his nose open. Bridge of his nose. Yeah. Can you imagine that dude getting your nose broken by Andre? But how good did that look? Oh, like, it looks fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Number one, it made Andre look like a monster. Mm-hmm. Because he's beating up poor Lanny Poffo, right? But then right. Lanny Poffo now gets the sympathy vote from the fans. Yeah. I think it was great. Uh, the other one, he was part of a six-man match. With the Canem connection versus mm-hmm. the Dream Team and adore, <coughs> excuse me, adorable Adrian Adonis. This is the match where Beefcake started his face turn because Adrian Adonis accidentally cut his hair. Right. And Lanny Poffo and the Canem connection actually won that match. So Lanny kind of got the rub from that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. while we are saying he was, you know, not necessarily like a glorified jobber, but kind of, they still had stuff for him. You know, he still had stuff as a character to chew on. Right, he didn't just come out and get beat 
you know, once a week in three minutes and you never saw him, like he would be involved with stuff. Exactly, exactly. And you'd see him wrestle on Saturday mornings. Like I said, depending on who his opponent was, you kind of knew the outcome of the match. But it was always fun to watch him in the ring because he was always entertaining, always doing cool shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He also read a poem at Uncle Elmer's wedding on Saturday night's main event. You're right. He did. Yes, he did. That was his debut. That was his debut on Saturday night's main event. That's right. That's right. Um, So he, yeah, kind of like you're saying, he would get in angles like that. He would occasionally get a little bit of a push, like maybe beat one guy. You know, I think he beat Paul Roma um, or that might have been later on. But he beat a guy once in a while, and he would win quite a bit on house shows. He'd get these little mini pushes, and they'd pull him back. They never really let him get anywhere. And kind of the last time he got a little mini push, it ended with him losing to Conquistador number one. Which, that if there's a sure sign that you're not going anywhere, it's losing to Conquistador number one. <laughs> yes. I mean, at least <laughs> it, it could have been a tag match, at least. But yeah, when yeah. you're losing to one half of a tag team, <laughs> right? the very bottom of the barrel tag team, like, right. that's the tag all team that, bad. The tag team that doesn't even have their own names and has never won a match on TV and never <laughs> yeah, cut right, a they're promo. Numbers. <laughs> right, they're numbers, yeah. <laughs> what a great team. Yeah, they couldn't even call them Uno and Dos. Yep. It was Conquistador <laughs> number one and number two. <laughs> Not numero uno and numero dos. <laughs> Um, so he disappears for a while and then we get what we all remember the most about him, the fucking genius, which do you remember when the start of the heel turn? It was, uh, when he start, what do you mean? When they actually turned him heel, it took place in Boston. Oh, and he came out. Yeah. He came out and buried all the local sports teams. Right. And when I read that, I became a more huge fan (laughs) of Lanny Poffo because he buried (laughs) Boston sports teams. There's nothing you hate more than Boston sports teams. There is nothing I hate more. Well, let's be specific. I don't care about basketball. Right. I don't mind the Bruins, but fuck the Red Sox. Yeah, you do hate them. I fucking hate the Red Sox. You won't go to Boston because they are there. Because they are there. Which is ridiculous. That puts a taint on the city as far as I'm concerned. I can't go. You would love it. I, I, I probably would. I just, I can't do it. There's a bar like every hundred feet. There's chowder every hundred feet. <laughs> also that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds delightful, but the Red Sox play there, so fuck them. I had chowder and coffee when I was there. Oh, dude. Yeah, it does. it's not as bad together as you think. It sounds terrible, but it was like freezing out, and I was like wet coming in from the car, and I just wanted coffee hella bad, and we were at this restaurant for clam chowder. It was actually in New Hampshire after we left Boston. Dude, that's just but, asking um, for diarrhea. No, nah, it went fine, and then we got a bunch of fried fish. Oh, well, good for you. Look at your cast yeah, iron good. stomach. Yeah, I drove all the way to um, Portland after that. Holy shit. Yeah, made it no problem. Very good. So, right, that was when he turned heel, and then he came out as a genius, March 18th, 1988. And yep. it was the most brilliant... 89, dude. It, uh, 89, I'm sorry. Yep. It was such a brilliant gimmick because his whole thing was he's smart. <laughs> we hate smart you know what I mean? people. God yeah, damn it. Just, right. We hate him because he's smarter than us. He's like, I'm smarter than everybody. And I'm going to make sure everybody's aware of it completely. And all he's wearing and, is a graduation cap and gown. So we hate him because he's smart and he graduated. Right. So Fuck now he's wearing guy. his dad. Now he's wearing his. Yeah. Now he's got his dad's old gimmick. Yes. Which was Shire's old gimmick. So he's wearing that and he's got the mortar board and that's. So he's still doing the fucking poems, but the poems are like ruder now. Yeah. Now you they're know? more rude and they're, they're running down the faces. Yeah, exactly. He's like antagonizing people. He's reading them off a fucking, is that called a mortarboard? Mortarboard, right? I think so. Yeah, he's reading it off a mortarboard. Yeah, we're not smart as, as smart as him. Apparently, so right, that's he what know we what it's called. Yeah. So we need mortarboards yeah, instead of Frisbees and iPads to you know, read for our the sake notes. Of our, let's yeah. just call it the list. <laughs> the list, yeah. The list. Yeah. And it was incredible. It was just the, this great gimmick. And people hated the motherfucker. I mean, he got heat. And this is when he finally got a push. He started really beating guys. I think this is when he had a short feud with Paul Roma, if I remember right. Yeah, four years, dude. It took him four years to finally land here. Mm -hmm. And he got a bigger reaction than he ever got those previous four years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was just a natural heel. Yes, definitely so. Yeah, as likable as he was as a babyface. And then, so he did all the athletic stuff, which is you don't do as a heel. You know what I mean? Like, um... I don't know. Roman Reigns doing a moonsault would be fucking weird, right? right. The heels, the heels don't typically do the flashy moves. So 
the genius figured out a way to use that gymnastics background and that athleticism. So he would just do like shitty things, like just annoy people. So I think I might've talked about this. He would do cartwheels and he would do, and he would, um, he was very effeminate in the ring. Yes. Which we all know the eighties fans hated effeminate. Read Adrian Adonis. Exactly right. He would like flail his arms around, you know, and like wave his arms and skip around the ring. Right. And, and he would do the like skin the cat thing. Like he would, um, take a powder and pull yes. himself in that way. I saw him at a house show in Oakland. I might've talked about this before and I can't remember. It might've been Hogan he was working with, but I can't remember for sure who it was. And I don't think those guys locked up for probably six or seven minutes. Yep. And it was just the genius antagonizing the crowd. Milking it. Dude. And I mean, yeah, he was just working them. And I'm like, and at the time I'm like booing him. I hate him. And like looking back on it. And he did this in a match with Hogan on Saturday night's main event. Yep. He's not doing shit. And the crowd hates him. It's like that you know show I mean? we just reviewed that had Maven doing that shit for like 10 minutes before he finally got in the ring with Shelton. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Same kind this of thing. Guy would, just milking yeah. the crowd. And he would do it like on an other level. And yeah. I watched his match. So his biggest match was with Hogan on Saturday Night's main event. And I went and watched that when I was prepping for this. And the way, like I said, he was kind of effeminate. He really reminded me, if anyone's ever seen a gorgeous George match, he was oh, yeah. very, very, very similar. He had his mannerisms. Like you could tell he had studied Gorgeous George. Right. You know, like he probably, he might've been old, eh, born in 54. He probably wouldn't have been, he probably wouldn't have seen Gorgeous George wrestle live, but he might've seen film of him. And um, if anyone wants to see, it's on, there's Gorgeous George matches on YouTube. The guy was incredible. Um, just the way he would get heat with the crowd. And that's what Lanny Poffo did. He really reminded me a lot of him. Yeah, all of his mannerisms and everything in the ring and the way he mm-hmm. played in the crowd. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in that match with Hogan, Kurt Henning joined up with him. He ended up, how did how did Genius win? Was it count out? Uh, it was count out. So what happened is Genius baited Hogan outside the ring and mm-hmm. did the whole run around the ring thing. Perfect was hiding behind one of the posts or around okay. one of the corners with the heavyweight title. Hogan ran around. Uh, Perfect laid him out. Ref counted him out. Okay, so that's when he got his win over Hogan. Yes. And he and Perfect he and Perfect snatched the title that night. Yes, they did. And they went backstage. Uh while Mean Gene was interviewing me, they were smashing it with a hammer, like yep. breaking it up to bits. Dude, I'm like eleven at the time. I might have cried. I was so upset. <laughs> like this broke my heart, dude, as yeah. a little kid. You're like, they're you know, destroying I was like, Hogan's belt. Yeah, like that's how important that title was oh, back yeah. then. You know, they made it such a big deal. It was so important, that thing that I'm like, oh my God, they're breaking it. And I'm like, the winged eagle, devastated. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> um, that also showed I perfect don't know for uh, sure. Putting his gum on the title. Yes. Yeah, perfect put his gum on the title. Yeah. yeah. That's and I don't know for sure if that, I, I don't know if that's the title they use later on for the hardcore title. But it looked like it, and that's probably where they got the idea for the hardcore title. Yes, Ooh. exactly. That that was the whole gimmick behind it, is that this is the belt that got broken up that night. That never dawned on me. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looked, when they first, the night they brought it out, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, that's the one that they broke back in the day. Right. Well, they said it was. They um, specifically oh, said they? that was the title that got broken. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So I wonder if it really was. I wonder if they kept it and just brought it back out. Probably. If not, dude, what a nice callback. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, yeah. Foley just found this in the trash in the WWF warehouse or something. Like, just bring it out. Yeah. Um. So he ends up, um, January 1990, he and Mr. Perfect have a tag match against Hogan and Warrior on primetime, which that's got to be that in the Saturday Night's main event matches would have been like his biggest matches. And this is kind of his peak. Yes, this is definitely his peak. And then Perfect goes into a feud with Brutus and um genius is basically managing perfect at this point yes they have a match brutus and perfect have a match at six wrestlemania six and after mr perfect lost brutus decides to cut genius's hair yeah <laughs> and he it, it was the funniest damn thing if you watch that um on peacock because genius is in that robe and <laughs> brutus grabs him in a sleeper and he's flailing his arms yeah like so with, that, robe with that going everywhere the and... robes going he looked like a blue jay trying to fly backwards <laughs> or something. it was the funniest damn thing and then then it became kind of one of those old school wwf things where a guy gets a heel especially gets like a push um and they get near the top you know maybe work with hogan or come close to working with hogan 
and then they sort of slowly just move back down the card yeah. for basically the rest of their run. And that's what he did for the next couple of years. He ended up eventually managing the Beverly Brothers, yep. which you mentioned earlier. And he was the only good thing about that fucking team. <laughs> they had a good look, dude. Be- they had matching gear. I didn't mind the Beverly Brothers. I hated them. I know I've mentioned this before. Their finisher was great, but other than that, I hated that. It was, they were fine for that era. I guess. They were Whatever. big. They were muscular. They were. They had a good look. They were tan. They had matching gear. They had blonde hair. They were Vince guys, dude. They were definitely Vince guys. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, they were good. They, okay. I mean, yeah, they, you're right. They worked for the time, but I still think they suck. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> uh, so he got released in 92, December. And for some reason, he came back for a minute and lost to fucking Mabel, which I don't remember at all. I don't remember that. Yeah, he came back. He had like two matches, and the last his last match was a loss to Mabel. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, it was something like a year and a half later. Under what character and was he, Lanny Poffo, or was he the genius? I, you know, when I was looking up, I didn't, I didn't on see it, it didn't oh, okay. specify. It. So I'm gonna assume as the genius because you don't turn that guy back into Lanny Poffo. Well, if he was gone for a while, I mean, I guess you could. I mean, you could, but it'd be stupid. So his first pay per view that he was ever, I mean, now remember this guy debuted in '85. Mm-hmm. His first pay-per-view appearance was the 1990 Rumble. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, and he wrestled Beefcake, Double DQ. Mm-hmm. Um, second pay-per-view appearance, you mentioned WrestleMania six, And looks like last pay-per-view appearance, SummerSlam 92, where the Beverly Brothers lost to the Natural Disasters in the tag title match. Yeah, yeah. So that would be uh, pretty much all of his pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, it was really like that was his, it, it was, the genius was actually a pretty, when he was a big shot, was a pretty short run. It was, um, it was. But he, you know what, he did work Hogan, he worked with Hogan on house shows for four months. I so, see, dude, I'm sure he made a lot of money from that too. He, so it was nice, um, they gave him that honor, like, go on this exactly. run with Hogan, make some money, dude. And it was Hogan, Hogan picked him to work with. Yeah, Hogan see, was like, great. yeah, he was like, give me Lanny, I want to work with that guy, we can go out and do some good stuff. Yep. And they had four months of house shows, four months, they probably hit every city almost twice the way they toured back then uh definitely like uh san francisco and oakland no doubt yeah they would hit them both they would hit yeah. the cow palace and the coliseum yep, yeah a couple times for yep. sure yeah so yeah i mean that was a big thing for him so like you know it wasn't a long run but it was a pretty good one especially yeah. on the house shows you yep. know um <laughs> so the craziest part of his career which i didn't even know about until recently was what happened when he went to wcw <laughs> right so this is right. insane. I'm, I'm going to assume not a lot of people are aware of this unless you've just looked up researched Lanny Poffo because I don't remember ever hearing about this back in the day or anything. Yeah, there have been stories about this over the years. Several people. So have you knew this. About it. Yeah, you knew this. I did. Okay, yeah. I never knew this, dude. I just found out about this. Um, I heard about it kind of right before I came up with the idea for this episode. So Macho Man in 95 gets him hired at WCW. I don't know what he got paid, but I know it was six figures is all I know. So who know? You know, six figures could mean a lot. Um, I'm sure it was low six figures, but still it was six figures. Yep. Um, Which is good money, dude. Especially in 95. In in 95 for a guy that really was never a top of the card guy, Mm -hmm. except for, like you said, four months running the house circuit with Hogan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Somehow Macho Man acquired the intellectual property for Gorgeous George. I don't know if he bought it from his, I assume Gorgeous George's wife would have owned it. I don't know if he bought it directly from her. She was around a long time. I think she just died like in the last 10 years because um, George, George died pretty young. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he bought it from her or she had sold it to someone. I couldn't find out where Macho Man acquired this, but somehow he came up on the name and gimmick of Gorgeous George, which had me thinking, I wonder if Gorgeous George was the first guy to ever actually um, trademark himself. You know what I mean? He was one of the first. Possibly. He was one of the first huge gimmicks because he started like in the 40s. You know what I mean? So I wonder if he was the first guy who ever there ever was an intellectual property for. Like there probably wasn't. Yeah. Like you probably couldn't buy Farmer Burns, you know? Right. So somehow Macho Man ended up with that. I would love to know what he fucking paid for that. And he was going to turn Lanny Poffo into Gorgeous George. Macho Man, I'm sure, was a huge fan of Gorgeous George because he ripped off Gorgeous George's music. Uh, George was the first one to come out to Pomp and Circumstance. Ah, So that's okay. probably where, you know, Macho probably, I'm sure Macho Man was aware of that. Dude, the Poffo family loved Gorgeous George, apparently. They lifted a lot of shit from him. Uh, Yeah, yeah, right. Um, 
So, well, I mean, Gorgeous George was fucking incredible. He was. He was. So, <laughs> uh, you know, with the way Poffo could work like him, it made perfect sense. Make totally. him into the new Gorgeous George. Yep. Especially, like, there were people who weren't even aware. You know, I always knew of him because my grandparents watched wrestling when they were young. So they had told me about him. But I'm sure there were plenty of people in the 90s who never even... That would have been a brand new gimmick they'd never heard of. Right. Um, but... Even if you had heard of it at the time, it wasn't like you could go back and watch video of him. And 90s fans still hated effeminate, so. Exactly right. So it was going to be, it would have been great. It would have been awesome. But he, he, uh, Macho tells him, bleach your hair, get a tan, and wait for a phone call. He waited five years and never got that phone call. <laughs> five years, dude. He was on the payroll until 2000. Making six figures a year. And from what I read, he maybe had two matches in WCW. Yeah, and they were before he was Gorgeous George. Correct, yes. Yeah, they were not using that gimmick. It was right. just, yeah, it was, yeah. And then he sat home for five fucking years getting paid. And then Macho Man brings in his girlfriend to be Gorgeous George. And gives it to her. And what the hell happened? Who made the call on that? Who was like, nah, I'd be better with this chick? Uh, horrible. Yeah, it made no sense. It never made sense that she was named that in the first place. No, absolutely I wonder if it was not. I wonder if it was Macho, like, fuck it, I'll use it on anything because they're not going to let Lanny do it. The, I paid hella money paid, for this, so fuck it, somebody's taking it. What was it. the chick's name, right, Georgina, right. or? No, it was uh, Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. Where her real name was Stephanie Bellers. But yeah. But, yeah, she became Gorgeous George. Yeah. Okay. It was okay. ridiculous. Yeah. 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 And that was basically it for his career. He He ended up, you know, getting cut there, you know, later on when they were cutting a bunch of people. And, you know, if they were still making money, they probably would have re-signed him. Maybe, um, yeah. Who knows? And he worked some small oh, shows, some indie shows, a lot in Canada. To see him part of the invasion? <laughs> gorgeous shorts. Uh, yeah. That's gorgeous. That would have been great. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> yep. Gorgeous. Oh, go Stone Cold could have wrestled Gorgeous George. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh... Yeah, he worked some indie shows, mostly around Canada, and he kind of quietly retired. Best and I saw, his last was... match was in 2020. Yeah, he did come out of retirement for every once in a while. He would come out and do something. Yeah, he'd do an oddball but, um, match here and there. Yeah, but I mean, he was basically, you know, done. Yep. Um, last time most of us saw him was he inducted Macho Man into the Hall of Fame in 2015. We were there. I think he read a poem. Oh, he certainly did. Right? I don't remember it, he but I'm sure he did. did. Yeah. Um... And that was it. He kind of later on, he wrote a couple books about um, like kids books about like staying away from drugs and alcohol. One was called Limericks from the Heart and Lungs. <laughs> staying, I can't away, imagine. staying away from drugs and alcohol. That's why we're not drinking on this show, folks. Really, it's in honor of Lanny Poffo. Yeah. It's in honor of Lanny Poffo. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the things about him is he didn't drink. Um, he wasn't or he wasn't a drinker anyway. You know what I mean? There's, that's the way I read it is that he wasn't a drinker. I don't know if that means he didn't drink at all or he just wasn't a drinker the way I am a drinker. <laughs> um, he read for Darren Aronofsky for The Wrestler. He oh, auditioned. Yeah, he auditioned for that. And Aronofsky said he looked too healthy. Oh, wow. Which is hilarious because he, he must have been like, we need someone that looks like shit. Who's got Rick, Mickey Rourke's number? Yeah, who does smoke and drink? Because we need <laughs> right. that person to play this role. <laughs> yeah, we need a mess. Yeah, right. <laughs> is Rourke available? Yeah, right. <laughs> Get us flair. Um, so, uh, do you want to talk about his dick? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you want to end this, huh? Well, I mean, we can't, you know, we would, we, we can't do a Lanny Poffo show without talking about that. Well, what's funny is we did a little tribute on uh, Fully Posable when he passed away. And fucking okay. Jeff goes right into the dude sucking his own dick. <laughs> I'm well, like, okay, I mean, well, if that's the direction we're going to go. But apparently it's true. I, that yeah, I mean, I've heard it from many, like uh, you know, a lot of people have said it. And if you have the gymnast ability. Go, yes, exactly. Go for it. <laughs> that was the thing is that he was super flexible. It, right, right, and he could do it. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's been said by a lot of people, and I've never seen him address it. Um, I definitely haven't seen him deny it. Right, but, um, right. It, it was a flexibility thing. Right, and if you don't smoke and you don't drink, well. You can suck your own dick. Dude. Yeah. Right. Wow. God damn it, oh my dude. God. Yeah, he took care of himself so he never got a big belly. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> oh, God. 
Stop that sound effect, please. You knew I was going to do that. Yeah. Right? You had, I mean, if you'd thought about it. I'm surprised you didn't do the wonk, 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 wonk. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> it's a huge turn off. But like most, like most people, that's my favorite thing about Lanny Poffo. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And uh, last couple drunk facts about him. He retired in Ecuador in 2020. He um, would not write a song. Macho Man wanted him to write a song. You know, um, Be a Man. Yes, Hogan, the, the, the Macho song. Man album. Macho wanted Lanny to write that song or to help him write that song. Oh. And Lanny said, Lanny said, I'm not writing a song. Um, I'm not writing a diss track, as the kids call it, about Hogan because Hogan picked me to work with him. And I did four months of fucking house shows with him. Wow. Respect. Yeah. He was like, no, I've, I have no you have all the problems you want with Hogan, but I have zero problem with Hogan. That guy was great to me. He made me a lot of money. Damn. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to bury Hogan in a song. Um and he offered to write a song, and I think he said it was on the album, but I didn't look it up, called uh, The Perfect Friend, which was a song for Kurt Henning. Aww. Because they cool. both were really good friends with Kurt Henning. Aww. Yeah. So that's the kind of guy Lanny was. Um, you know, years, 20 years later, he's not going to talk shit about Hogan. Damn. On a, on a awesome. dumb record. Yeah. Um, also, I read from someone who knew him, he saw Wicked on Broadway the night before he died. Oh, oh man, yeah. Which I saw Wicked on Broadway uh, about fifteen months ago. Oh, very nice. Look at you. It's my favorite. It's my favorite musical. I've seen it twice. Look at you, Jet Setter. Yeah, limousine <laughs> riding, jet flying, and that's, broom riding. And that's all I got to say about uh, Lanny Poffo. I love that he has a genius, educated gimmick. One of few shared with Chris Nowitzki and Damian Sandow. Not a lot of genius gimmicks That's true. Uh, out there, or educated per se, but yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Damian Sandow because he always did remind me of the genius, the way he uh, talked. You know what I mean? Just his, just his manner of speaking was very uh, Lanny Poffo. Yeah, good point, dude. Good point. Yeah, and Lanny Poffo did speak that way. If you ever heard him, he had a podcast. If you ever listened to the podcast or if you've seen videos of him, like the genius was like it was a character obviously and i'm sure it was something vince came up with because he thought the genius was smart you know because he sounds like a smart guy you know he's very well spoken like he doesn't talk like you know a fucking dipshit from fucking like you hogan know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah right well he yeah, had commentary for ring of honor and people were like oh he oh, was yeah, a yeah. genius gimmick but I think he was just being Lanny Poffo. That was just Lanny Poffo. Yeah, yeah. kind of like Scott Hall. That was Hall, the impression you know, like how... I got, like, a few random interviews. Him, yeah, just talking about how he wa- uh, retired to Ecuador or how he came up with the genius gimmick. I think it was, like, he he just gave his honest, thorough analysis. If he had something or if he did not have a pleasant uh, thing to say about another wrestler, like, he said, I'm not going to say anything rude about this person. I will say that I had this experience with him and dot, dot, dot. So it was like mm-hmm. he just had a very organized and pleasant demeanor about him. And very yeah, and yeah. very artistic as well. So definitely makes sense. He was seeing Wicked and then like pursuing the arts in some sort of way. Yeah, exactly. I Loved do have it. one quick uh, interesting Lanny Poffo story. Uh, Jeff and I were supposed to meet him for Big Time Wrestling's WrestleFest back in May of 2011. Okay. And the show took place on a Saturday. And unfortunately, the day before the show, Randy Savage passed away. Oh. Oh. So I was going to go to the event with a genius figure for him to sign. And he had to cancel the event for obvious reasons. Um, I almost wish he could have gone, you know, because literally everybody at the show the next day, all everybody was talking about was Randy Savage. In fact, DDP was there. Like, basically the entire day, DDP was at his table just telling Macho Man stories and signing Mm. autographs in between, but it was just, like, running commentary. Like, the entire show was just talking about Macho Man, so it ended up almost being kind of a Macho Man tribute show. Okay. Um, But unfortunately, never got to meet the genius. Wish I could have. You could have asked him about his dick. I could have asked him about his dick. And maybe Maybe paid him for his show. Yeah, maybe you could have gotten a look at it. Hey. Yeah. Unlucky me. Makes you wonder about Macho Man. Makes you... I'm wondering if no. it's like if, <laughs> if you're sitting and he leaned down for it or if he was on his back and flexed it. I don't know. Okay. I haven't heard specifically okay. how he did it. All I know is he could do it. I'm going to guess laying on back. tilting. That sounds easier. That does sound easier. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. I mean, if I was going to do it. Well, and that's our tribute to uh, Lanny Poppo and his dick. <laughs> Keeping it classy. Oh, and uh, before we get into the outro, um, I'm not going to be able to play um, our normal um, outro music for when we do a guy who's passed away because I got in trouble with Foo Fighters. So uh, oh, they're not you fans, won't be hearing huh? you won't be hearing my hair. No, apparently not. <laughs> apparently they don't like us. Well, shit. Yeah. Oh, good. What are you going to do? Well, we hope uh, all of you enjoyed our tribute and all the memories to share. Do you know any fun tidbits or anything that we missed? And uh, just uh, let us know on the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. (laughs) Such a graphic sound. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) On social media, wrestling (laughs) underscore drunk. And you know what? If Eddie's going to keep playing that, uh, uh, it's like. It's, it's somebody sipping tea, Adam. That's all that is. I think I really hope that's what it is. Uh, let us know. How how would you suck your own dick? Would you uh, do it while seated or would you do it on your back and uh, get your legs uh, back to you? Let us know on the social media platforms. <laughs> that was our tribute. Rest in paradise, genius. On behalf of Scott and Eddie, I'm Adam reminding you to enjoy your sobriety. Watch wrestling responsibly, drink sodas and mocktails and necessary medicines or the results of your own dick uh, with uh, uh, without people watching. We will see you all next time on another episode of Drunk Wrestling History. One, two, three. Wow. Funkle fever. I got two words for you. Ha, 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 ha.